1: The following broadcast has been approved for elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drive shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz was only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night.
2: It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live.
1: Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live on AtTheHive.com. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. We are live in the gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, and stretching across from me is the one and only, the impeccably dressed David Walker. David, it's great to be here, Doug. <laughs> you were just you were no, waiting, just waiting. Just waiting for that. I now that. have
0: my arms up in a it's good field goal sign. So, let's get it on.
1: That was good. That was good. Uh coming up, we will recap the uh, another win by the Hornets this time against Minnesota for one. Ra- yeah, whatever. Big deal. It's also rookie week at SB Nation, so we're going to be talking a little bit about the Hornets rookies checking in on Frank Kaminsky, and where in the world is Aaron Harrison? Also, a preview of the Hornets' a game on Wednesday night against the New Orleans Pelicans, and we'll check in with our good friend Nick Denning in a in a newly titled segment called "What's Happening Around the NBA." <laughs>
0: you have to say it like that.
1: I do. It's actually an ode to a to an old college story.
0: Oh, sure.
1: I, I don't want to. I just feel like it's better left. Nothing out of it. like
0: an inside. It, inside involved, jug it involved with one. Well, no, it
1: involved a, a large Texan who uh, would wear a, a giant cowboy hat, and he would greet you with, "What's happening?"
0: That's for it's not uh, a great story. No, I just thought it was a funny say, way to say. Things. I wouldn't say it's great. That'll that'll be a good one for uh, Hive Talk Live After
1: Dark. Uh, Steph Curry is the subject of our NBA topic uh, later on in the show. How will we tell our children about the legacy of Steph Curry? Will he be a Big O, Oscar Robertson, or will he be a Dr. J, Julius Erving? So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that conversation. A reminder, check us out Sundays at 8.30 a.m. on Good Day Charlotte, Fox 46 if you're local, fox46charlotte.com for a live stream. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app get the shows uploaded to your mobile device of choice and also you can have our new week daily morning segment 15 minutes or less it's called it's a mini pod mini podcast I guess I don't have to abbreviate miniature and podcast we'll call it a mini podcast called the hive o'clock alarm again a morning dose of hornet's talk 15 minutes or less it's good stuff and with that let's swarm Charlotte David, speaking of the Hive O'Clock Alarm, we talked yep. about this on this morning's edition of hive, the Hive O'Clock Alarm, but I feel like it deserves further discussion. The Hornets beat Minnesota for their fourth straight win and uh, another home win in 2016. I believe they've only lost one home game in in 2016. The, in the year, new right? calendar year, right. Kimball Walker continues to light it up from deep, Getting to the free throw line as well. I got this stat today: Hornets are twenty and five. This is from Yahoo Sports. Hornets twenty and five when Kimba scores thirty or more, which is a little surprising to me, David. I'll have to say because I kind of had this narrative in my head that the Hornets tend to uh, screw up big games from Kimba Walker. I- I've seen that. I guess I've seen that five t- <laughs> five times officially this year. Uh, no, not just this year, but just for, yeah, yeah. In over his career, I feel like Kimba has had some big games that the rest of the team didn't step up, and it wasn't necessarily you know Kimba ball hogging or anything like that. It was just Kimba rose to the occasion, and no one else followed. But maybe we're starting to see that trend reverse, and, and now you know he's got other weapons beside him, other shooters beside him, and he's playing a lot. You know, he's playing a lot better in the Hornets as a as a whole, are playing a lot better.
0: Yeah, he was put in a position a lot in previous years of having to shoot some of those late shot clock you know, shots, and he still does this time, but I think you're right. He just has more help. I mean, that's what we've been begging for, and that's what the Kimba defenders have been looking for before judging him as a starting point guard in this league. And I think you're seeing that pay off because that was something I was starting to think about. You know, hey, are they going to become too dependent on Kimbo with these high efficiency totals, scoring 30 points every night? I, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it it because it doesn't feel like he's doing it in an inefficient way, which he's not. I mean, he's, doing, he's being much more efficient with the ball, scoring the ball better than he was last year. And you're right, I think he's got guys that can stay involved in the game and don't end up watching him. Nick Batum, obviously, one, can contribute in other ways. Uh, Marvin Williams with the rebounds. Even Jeremy Lin, when they play side-by-side, even if Jeremy's not having a great night, he can still get in there and create, as can Batum. So maybe they are developing ways to to stay involved even when Kimba is going off.
1: Yeah, I I don't think that the game has slowed down for Kimba Walker. I just think he has more options available to him that he's ever had in his NBA career. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that his three-point shot is so much better than it was last season. And really, it's improved just from before the All-Star break. And so when that happens, it forces the defense to react in certain ways. And we saw against Minnesota, they didn't react particularly well to it Young defenders, I don't know if it's hubris or just not being aware of the scouting report, but they, you know, Minnesota's defenders went under the screen on Kimball Walker over and over again and kimball walker well he's
0: making them pay now exactly right so in the past you could kind of get away with that and take your chances but it's not becoming something that you can do on a consistent basis because he is making a pay and something we talked about this morning is his success in the lane as well so driving in and making those shots especially in the restricted area on layups that he really struggled with for the first you know four years of his career and I think that also plays into spacing right if you've got guys that have to stay on shooters they can't have quite as much room to get back I mean a half a second half a step can cause Kimba to get a little better angle finish it a little better I mean if you look at the numbers this year Doug in the restricted area Kimba shooting 57.1 percent last year 48.7 percent 48 percent 53 percent in 2012 47% his rookie year. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a big number. And he's also getting fouled. He is getting some of those calls now. So that just plays into his hand. More help out there, more space to move. But the other thing you do have to give him, he has worked his tail off with Mm -hmm. the shot, getting stronger, being a better point guard, being a better leader and taking control of this team. What was the thing we said so often the first three months of the season Who's going, to take, who's going to take the reins? Who's going to step up and be the guy for the Hornets yeah, that needs absolutely. to pull him along? It's without question, it's him.
1: Yeah, and, and all of the teammates are voicing that opinion as well, saying, you know, we're telling Kimba to take over, and Kimba takes over, and he has no issue with it, and he rises to the challenge.
0: And it fires them up. I mean, you can see it. Yeah. That nine-point spurt he had, that, that flipped the game last night.
1: And not only on offense, but you can see them because they struggled defensively in that third quarter against Minnesota, and they picked it up a little bit defensively going into that fourth quarter off of that run by Kimball Walker. Were you surprised at how uh, effective Minnesota was, at least in that first half, hanging with the Hornets? Because this was not a team uh, that 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 we expected to put that much of a fight up.
0: Yeah, I thought the Hornets got a little sloppy. They got up by 16, right? I think the the lead was up to 16. Mm -hmm. And then had a few turnovers and let those young guys get out and run. I mean, Levine gets through the lane and through traffic faster than anyone uh, I can remember seeing in a long time. That that is that tall. I mean, he's still really skinny, but his athleticism is crazy. You don't think he's going to be that fast going head-on with the ball, but he can get to the rim in a flash
1: yeah and the turnovers that the hornets made were some of the worst variety of turnovers that you could make as a basketball team because they were ball they were passes that were high in the air and going back either on the same plane or they were going back towards the opposing team's basket and they just uh lebron james called them uh it's lejean Brand. i'm sorry yeah, it's right, right, it's lejean. right 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 <laughs> Uh, he called them pick sixes the other night uh, after the Cleveland uh, an embarrassing Cleveland loss. Uh, he yeah, so too many throwing too many pick sixes. A little loosey if, if you're loosey. okay with the if you're okay with the mixed sports analogy. I I know people who get very upset with the mixed sports analogy.
0: Well, it's a home run.
1: <laughs> it really. I I I'm so amazed when people get really riled up about that. And if you haven't seen a movie. People get violently upset if if you haven't seen Pulp Fiction. You wait. You haven't seen Pulp Fiction? You don't know?
0: That's cool, man.
1: Or you mix your sports analogies.
0: Yeah, so those turnovers, though, were sloppy. Um just, just you know, getting a little too loosey goosey with the ball, and is that a know, concern?
1: It's because I, yeah, I think. I we mean, talked think... about
0: Batum in particular. I mean, that's 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 the biggest concern, I think.
1: The Hornets have done a great job of scraping, clawing, fighting, scratching, sustaining their play through the runs of other teams. We saw that against Indiana. And then, of course, in this game uh, against Minnesota, and they managed to get the W, which is I'm not underplaying that because you look at Cleveland, the uh, Spurs lost to to Indiana. Um, uh, who did Cleveland lose to? It was uh, the, oh the Memphis. Yeah, they lost to Memphis because and, and a at depleted home. Memphis team. Yeah, Lance Stevenson and Tony Allen beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then uh, the obviously the Warriors losing to the Lakers. So there there are no given wins. And winning is, is very difficult in the NBA, so I'm not underplaying it, but I, I they haven't sustained four quarters of good basketball, and I think there are still concerns with this team as they try to, you know, sharpen every tool that they have going into the playoffs, and I think turnovers one of those concerns.
0: I mean, we say that and they are <laughs> they are right up at the top of turnovers in the league. Um
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's not...
0: uh, On the good side, I mean.
1: But I think think one would fairly say that the turnovers that the Hornets have are less of the Golden State trying to make a a, a great play variety and more of the sloppy, fell asleep on a pass variety.
0: Yeah. Because there's a difference
1: between trying to thread the needle on a pick and roll and and somebody gets a hand in there and knocks it away because then you have a chance to reset your defense. But some of the passes that we saw Nick make uh, last night or uh, Cody had several turnovers <laughs> where he just couldn't catch the ball. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of turnovers that I, I think all turnovers are not created equally. And while the Hornets, they don't and, – and here's the thing. I think the Hornets' turnovers numbers are are low because they don't do a lot of – pick and roll and go to the roll man. Mm-hmm. That is not would you agree? That's not a huge weapon in their arsenal. They're not pick roll no. going to Cody pick roll going to no, it's it's more pick and pop. It, mm-hmm. You know, guy will flare out to uh you know with a, whether it's Jefferson or Zeller, they'll they'll go to the mid-range look. Right. So they're not doing a lot of that and I think that's where a lot of those turnovers start to pile up when you start to make a play like that. So You know, I think that turnover number is a little... Well, they do
0: a good job overall, though, taking care of the ball, I think, as a whole. I mean, they will tend to have some in key spots that are not great. Um, But, you know, you take a look at the turnover ratio, and it's still pretty good. I I mean... You can always clean things up, but you'll see that when they have a rough night, it's because they turn the ball over a lot. But they've been pretty good about it as of late. Even with Nick, you know, he's been the guy that everybody's pointed to this year, especially us. And maybe it's just having the ball a little bit more, being asked to do a little bit more the whole game but you'd like to see him tighten that up a little bit but it's hard to you know i think we're looking for stuff they can improve on certainly it's hard to nitpick too much of course coaches always want to reduce their turnovers so i'm sure that's something they'll
2: focus
1: on going forward i i have a couple of other concerns if you'd like to hear them
0: yeah please i mean
1: i know we're 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 on a four game winning streak so it seems a little absurd to talk about the negatives but i think there are some hidden issues underlying these victories. I I wonder what's going to happen, and I'll be paying close attention, I think, to this Detroit game that's coming up and maybe even the Houston Rockets game coming up. What happens when we see another Atlanta, another team that can pressure the main ball handlers for the Charlotte Hornets, when when you have two guys on the court at the same time that can keep the pressure on Kimball Walker and Nick Batum? Because that's what Atlanta did and the hornets struggled mightily to respond. Boston's done that to them as well. So I just wonder how I mean at some point they have to prove that they can step up to that challenge. And I think another one is and we heard from head coach Steve Clifford on this the other night finishing the defense. So, you know, when you when you make a good play on defense, whether it be a block or or knocking the ball away when you get that, you know, disruption can you finish that? Can you secure the ball? Can you secure the rebound? There were several plays against Minnesota that I felt like they did not do a good job of that, and it resulted, when you have bigs on the other side like Carl Anthony Towns and even Jing that can finish near the rim, you've got to make sure that you can secure a rebound and move the ball back to your end of the floor. So those yeah. are my. I'm just saying things to watch.
0: And is it weird? Am I wrong to have that slight concern about Kemba right now? Like, what happens the first time he doesn't get for thirty? I mean, <sighs> I think they'll be fine. But in a world, you know what where I mean. Kimba I mean, Walker is does that does is, is that nitpicking too much? I feel like it is. I mean, he's been so good. Well, lately. here's
1: where I'm encouraged: is when you saw in that fourth quarter against Minnesota, Kemba started to force things and whether he just felt like he couldn't give up the reins or he wanted to go for 40, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he's probably not a guy that's really concerned about individual statistics. But when he did struggle, you saw Nick Batum start to step up yeah, and become more involved offensively. He hit two or three buckets in that fourth quarter to, keep, to sustain the run. So, and, and I think Nick is good at that. I think Nick is good at recognizing, hey, this guy is playing really well. I'm going to go into distributor mode and look for rebounds. Oh, yeah. Or, uh uh-oh, I think I need to take a a stronger role on offense tonight. Um, So that's where having Nick Batum makes such a dramatic impact on the way this team plays offense. It's why I say that he he really is the X factor for this team because he makes this offense um, not only a good offense, but an offense that can compete in the playoffs, I think, because – you know you're going to have to have two or three guys be able to step it up on any given night in the playoffs because you know to sustain five or six games of greatness is is asking a lot of you know LeBron James much less Kimball Walker so you've got to have other guys that can that can make an impact and i think Nick Batum is definitely one of those guys
0: yeah and i guess at the end of the day i mean look at all the good teams they've got a guy that they more or less depend on them to score twenty five to thirty points a night, right? I mean, all the top teams in the league, more or less, I mean, you got to score in this league, so you got to have somebody you can lean on, not a hundred percent of the night, to lean right? On. But but he's gonna get you. I mean since the <laughs> since the first of the sound uh, like a
1: like a the axe murderer.
0: Well, I mean, since or the the rhythm in 2016, you know, January, 23 points, February, 23 points, March, 30 points. And even in December, it was right there at 20 points. So October was a rough start for him, only 16 points, um, only two games. But, you know, so then we can (laughs) maybe but hey, 20 points a game. I think they do count on that from Kemba a night, 20 ish points a game. I mean, they should at this point. That's his average, yeah. For That's his season, average.
1: He stepped it up in a big way. Hey, let's take a look at the standings as they uh, stand. <laughs> Hornets still sit in sixth place, 34-28. and 28. They are a half game behind the Hawks, and essentially a game behind the Hawks because of the tiebreaker. They sit two and a half games behind the Heat for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics dropped another game, so now – uh, it looks like uh, three games behind the Celtics, essentially three and a half, because I believe the Celtics also have the tiebreaker. But the middle of the Eastern Conference is starting to pick up the pace. So the Hornets are winning, winning at the right time, because had they not gone on this four-game winning streak, they'd probably be sitting near the Bulls at the bottom of the, yeah. of the heap, because the Heat have won five in a row, the Hawks Pacers. have won two in a row, the Pacers have won two in a row, and the Bulls have won two in a row. And their next opponent, the Pistons, also got a victory to get back above 500. So, you know, even though they've won four in a row, uh, they've, they've got the Pelicans up next, which we'll talk about in a moment. But then they've got the Pistons and then a Rockets team that is uh, finding a little bit of a groove in the Western Conference and needs to keep winning to keep pace in the Western Conference and hold on to that final playoff spot. So they Not- can't. They Not can't take the room. foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, that's what Not we said.
0: Not a lot of room for air. Still, only two and a half games from falling out of the playoffs. You know, at the same time, they're three games out of third. So we've said this all year. It's going to be a battle until probably the final week of the season. I mean, the way these teams are winning right now, you're right. Charlotte's had to keep up this pace. They that's why this week in particular, what four games in six days. Is that right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's huge. They've got to keep up because all these teams are, are hungry and um, coming after them. I mean, that Indiana, those Indiana games, we could look back on that and say they made the season. That yeah. sweep. I mean, especially those three games. Well, they're so,
1: playing well against the Bulls.
0: Yeah, that too. That helps too. So you, you got to think maybe some of these teams will drop a few here or there, but. You can't count on it.
1: The Hawks, luckily, the Hawks have the toughest strength of schedule the rest of the way. But I think the Heat have a pretty easy stretch the rest of the way.
0: They got to worry about Bosch. I mean, that's that's their the main big concern. Thing.
1: But it's allowing, I think, them to find they've got plenty of time to find a way to play. Uh, it's it's allowed that I'll say this. It's allowed them to play a different brand of basketball that is working for them offensively and adding Joe Johnson. Certainly helped that for the Heat.
0: Yeah, for sure. I just think it takes them down a notch from a legit contender in the to, play in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, yeah. but I think for right now, you know, they've the, adjusted. And the guess rest what? Of the way, they'll be okay. They're a good organization.
1: Oh, they have a good coach.
0: Good. We're I, not, you know, we're not throwing shots at anyone. Certainly, no one in the land. I, I am okay. Uh, if <laughs> you're throwing shots at the land,
1: <laughs> the land. Give me a break. <laughs> I can't. I can't take that. I can't take that whole commercial. It's too early for the. It's the it's too early to <laughs> it's act. A, I don't understand. Like he was so good. Why so did you answer in, the phone? <laughs> it's was so early. <laughs> he was, wanna... Here's what I don't understand. He was so good in Trainwreck. And, and I don't... why He couldn't step up his game for this commercial? Like It was the worst acting that I've ever hey, you've seen. You've seen the
0: extended version, right? you seen the extended version? No! The extended why version is good. Well, it never comes on. They go through kitchens and restaurants and all sorts of different people and different walks of life throughout the land yeah, I'm already asleep and you know the, the public land. enemy Quit song saying is the saying <laughs> and so it, you it gives studio. you a good look into what goes on in the land uh on a uh, daily basis so i like the, the extended version you know it's a lebron there's uh, LeB- i'm obviously i think we're you, LeBron you own fans, the
1: bonus blu-ray dvd the combo extended of cut, this commercial. yeah Hey, follow us on Twitter (laughs) at Hive Talk Live. Uh, You can send us questions during the live show. Uh, Shout out to our newest follower, John Smith, on Twitter. What up, John? I love this banner that John has. It is an American flag, except all of the stars are crying Jordans. All 50 of them. 50 crying Jordans.
0: John, let us know if you did that or if you yanked that from somebody's page. I have no judgment here. I'm just curious.
1: I want to know. Hey, you got a Photoshop guy? Tell me. Who's your Photoshop guy? Hey, it's uh, Rookie Week on SB Nation. They do these uh, theme weeks every once in a while. Now it's Rookie Week. And the Hornets happen to have a few rookies. One of them you've seen, one of them you've seen a lot less. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the one you've seen first, Frank Kaminsky. Looks like he's finding his second win, David. He uh, It looks like the shooting touch has returned. He's hitting over 40% of his threes in March. That's a way up from 26% in February. And really, the the three-point shooting was trending down, 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 down. And now, all of a sudden, it's back in a big way in four game, these four games in March. Encouraging stuff from Frank Kaminsky as he looks to... You know, we don't know when Spencer Hawes is going to return. So Frank Kaminsky is really he really has to make his case now for a role in the playoffs.
0: I think that All Star break and this is probably going to state the obvious that helped. I mean, he was hitting some of sort breather. of yeah, hitting some sort of wall there. Probably best that you know maybe he didn't get into the Rising Stars Challenge. We're not we're not sour about it. It's fine. We've accepted it. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's totally fine um but you look at he what he's done and he doesn't shy away he's never been a a guy that shied away from the big shot
1: he's a shooter baby
0: and he likes it he likes to shoot that big shot too and they're not afraid to go to him so i think he you know he could play you mentioned the shortening of the rotation especially in the playoffs but do you think he's earned that ticket into you know playoff rotation
1: it will be interesting Mm -hmm. it 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 really depends on when Spencer can get back, because if he can get back early enough, which we just don't know. I mean, it's a back injury with big guys, that's always a weird thing. So you just don't know. But I think I think you could value you could make a case to value Spencer's playoff experience, his veteran experience over Frank Kaminsky in the playoffs. Sure. But if Frank, you know, solidifies himself in the rotation for long enough, then that case becomes more much more difficult to make. Here's the big change is that he's playing alongside Al Jefferson now. And that may be why his shooting touch is coming back because we saw Frank focus on his post up game and trying to develop that. And that takes a lot out of you physically. That's true. And he had to do that because he was beside Spencer Hawes, who was pulling the defense out. But now you've got you've got big Al Jefferson in there and, you know, if you're Frank, you really can't get anywhere near the paint. You've got to play four out. You've got to extend the defense. And so, really, his, his entire offensive game is essentially pick and pop and or just hanging out by the three-point line and waiting for penetration to draw his defender and being available and being able to hit the shot because you don't see him do what he did pre-Al Jefferson coming back, which is catch the ball. And if he saw someone near him, he would pump fake and go in. Now mm-hmm. he just now he just swings it. He's not he's not looking to drive anymore because there really is no lane to drive.
0: Yeah, so he's not being for, put into those positions where maybe he might be outweighed. Maybe he's got to bang a little more and and save some of his strength. So there may be something to that. That thanks. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. a good eye.
1: Well, and I think I don't know if that hurts him. I don't know if that limits him at all. I think he's going to have to work. On his post game, maybe in the off season, if he continues to play, I think for
0: this season, that's ideally what they would like to use him for, though, don't you? I mean, well, that, they, that's his
1: best case, I think, yeah. in in terms of being a threat in the playoffs, and, and he has to, you know, continue to improve his defense.
0: Certainly, certainly.
1: What about Aaron Harrison? We haven't seen a lot of him. He, uh, Derek James, for at the Hive, did a good write up about his time in the D League when he was with uh, the Oklahoma City developmental league team he didn't have stellar statistics in the d-league and you'd like to see that you like to see guys go down in the d-league and make a lot happen but here's the big caveat to those statistics the hornets have no control over that d-league team so if he were with the Greensboro swarm he would have you would think he would have the the a you know number one role on that team coming but next year Right, coming next year. But since, you know, you send him to a team and you just don't know how he's going to be used. But you know, it's tough when we haven't seen a lot of him. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's tough.
1: But when he has been in, he hasn't really shot the ball that well. I think his all, – all of all, – the reason he's on this squad, there's two reasons, I think. One, he's – and Clifford has said this before, he's a great practice player. And when you're talking about 15th guy on the roster – unless you've just been ravaged by injuries, which the Hornets really haven't been. They've had injuries to key players, but they haven't had you know six, seven injuries at a time. Mm -hmm. That guy's not going to play. He's going to be a practice guy, so you need a guy who's going to come to work every day and work extremely hard and challenge the guys who are actually playing.
0: The Hansborough factor. I mean, that's what he's... That's what Hansborough's there for as well.
1: So you've got a couple of guys like that, so that's good. But then in terms of in terms of him ever seeing floor time he's got to develop that jump shot and, and you see him working on it you know in warm-ups and i'm sure he's working with kretzer to continue to improve that shot and we'll just have to see how he develops next year in summer league
0: yeah we'll see that'll be big for him i think because you look at a guy like zach Levine who went to summer league last year uh for the second time and, and really made strides so if you put in the work there seems like a guy i mean they really seem like they're lining up guys that are hard workers. Like you said, if he's a good contributor in practice, and that says a lot about chemistry and the team that they've put together, but if he's a good hard worker in practice, not getting a lot of time on the floor, you can trust that he'll go to summer league, listen to Patrick Ewing, assuming he's still the coach of the summer league team, and and have a good showing there. So that'll be big for him. But as for this season, you know, it's uh, a good experience.
1: So there you go. Visit SBNation.com forward slash nba to check out more on SB Nation's rookie week. They've got a great write up on the soon to be NBA rookies. Taking a look at some of the draft prospects we need have to check coming that out. up. Yeah, get, we need to brush up. We
0: need. To...
1: <laughs> I don't listen. I I will be. am kind of like Charles Barkley here. I don't watch. I don't watch a lot of college basketball. I'll no, admit it.
0: No. We'll watch the next few weeks, maybe, <laughs> here or there. Did you
1: see Did you see what Charles Barkley told Richard Deitch? I did.
0: I saw some stuff that he, he said.
1: He said, tell those ESPN people that that's not what I effing said. That's right. In terms of not watching, he reportedly said that he doesn't watch a lot of basketball. Look,
0: he's not there for the analysis of March Madness. I mean, we, you know what I mean? But I'd rather watch it. But him. I think the criticism was watch. that
1: people thought he meant just all basketball, especially uh, like NBA basketball. Which I wouldn't surprise I just can't I can't imagine Charles pouring himself a glass of wine, mm-hmm. sitting down, popping open his league pass, you know, four screen, and watching Sacramento and Denver. I just don't I just don't see that happening. I just can't imagine that that's in his. Not, I mean, his it, daily planner. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's not really in mine either, to be honest.
1: No, it's not. No. Although no. I will say I am I am in the midst of trying to figure out when that price drop is going. I think it's March 16th when the leak pass price bottoms out, and you can get you know the remaining few weeks. Right. And that's when I do For a, a lot of my playoff scouting deep dives let's talk about the new orleans pelicans that's the next game coming up for the charlotte hornets wednesday night time warner cable arena seven o'clock pm
0: when does when does anthony davis become or stop being almost hornet anthony davis in your eyes it's close for me because i will catch myself thinking it's really fun to cheer for him, and then a little bit of that will come can back. Can I say
1: something that might hurt?
0: Sure, never.
1: Can you can you prepare yourself for what I'm about to say? <laughs> and and I mean I mean you, David, and I also mean the listeners. Mm. This may sting. Okay. No pun intended. Actually, pun intended. Anthony Davis will stop becoming almost hornet to me when MKG plays sixty five plus games. <sighs> Man,
0: I don't think you're going I just, there.
1: I just. I know that I tried, you know, I tried to rip the bandaid off really quick, hmm. but that's it for me. I need to see MKG play.
0: No one else. Not if someone else comes in and starts going crazy. It's got to be MKG.
1: Well, because that's the situation. But I know.
0: I know it happened. <laughs> I remember. I was
1: there. Let me play the replay for you.
0: Yeah, wow. that's when it
1: will happen. All right. Last uh, last time the Hornets met the New Orleans Pelicans earlier in the season, January fifteenth. The Hornets lost that game 109-107 in New Orleans on a, a slam dunk. That's a way to end a game from Anthony Davis. But the big story from that game, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Ryan Anderson had 32 32 points. Can't even say it. 32 points off the bench just completely decimated speaking of espination rookie week, completely decimated Frank Kaminsky's defense lack thereof and uh, got hot early and just sustained that offense throughout the entire game. Came off the bench, but played 28 minutes once Alvin Gentry, pride of Shelby, North Carolina. Once he realized Ryan Anderson was hot, he rode that Ryan Anderson train all the way to Victory Town.
0: <laughs> Do you think a Frank is in the mold of a Ryan Anderson? Do you think he may have a little more post-game in his arsenal well someday. he's like
1: he's he's Ryan Anderson but taller and mm. more athletic because Ryan it's Anderson unath- I'm well, but he's unathletic. just now developing a rim run back down kind of game that's what I mean yeah but he's just now developing that and Ryan Anderson is is well into his career whereas yeah. I think Frank will have that With year a little, yeah
0: obviously both stretch big guys yeah um,
1: but I think Frank has more advantages physically than Ryan Anderson.
0: I think he could be as as good a shooter, a contributor from from deep as Ryan Anderson. And Ryan Anderson is really good. Thoughts, yeah. thoughts.
1: No, I I agree, and you know I I don't know why New Orleans New Orleans is a weird team to me.
0: Is it weird that Ryan Anderson was not traded at some point for some? Listen, to some it's team. weird to me
1: that Ryan Anderson and Drew Holiday have played off the bench. I mean, I know I, – I get it. Okay, I'll just say this. Like, if you pay attention to New Orleans at all, you're saying, what the hell are you talking about? We have no bench. <laughs> Somebody has to play on the bench because their roster is – well, first of all, they've been killed by injuries. Uh, yeah. I mean, you talk about a team that's been killed by injuries. New Orleans fits that bill. Uh, Quincy Pondexter, good three-point shooter. Tyreek Evans was is their starting point guard and a dynamic mm. player. They're both out for the season. Alexis Sajinka just got injured. Former Bobcat, a rib injury. He's out indefinitely. Eric Gordon injured again. I mean, when that guy's is is never news. Yeah, that guy's never gonna play.
0: But was was playing well as of late, which is always the, how it goes. Eric
1: Gordon and Bradley Beal, just two that's of the name. most. If you're fans of those players, just two of the most unfortunate. But is that
0: part of the problem? If Tyreek is your starting point guard, if that's your plan, and I don't. I doubt that was their long-term plan, but I guess what we're getting at is –
1: Well, their team building yeah. has I mean, been that's, a little it, suspect.
0: At least some to be desired, does it not? I mean, especially if you're building around Anthony Davis, in all indications, a, a great guy and willing to stick it out there. But, you know, everybody's clock starts running and ticking, and and when you don't have that success and when you don't see something – at least start to get going, right? I mean, it doesn't matter, the contracts don't matter at that point. We've seen it over and over again.
1: Yeah, this has been a tough year for Anthony Davis. Though his stats are they're fine. oh, per 36, it's it's pretty comparable to what he did last season. He's still a 24 and 10 guy.
0: Well, yeah, the problem is people thought he was going to top last season. That which, would have been insane.
1: Right, but he's had one of the biggest drops in box plus minus.
0: Trade him. Well not listen
1: to what I've just listened for a second. <laughs> so you it was, sound
0: like my wife. Just <laughs> she always brings us up when we talk about Anthony Davis. Go ahead <laughs>
1: <then>. <laughs> Honey, if I told you once, I've told you a million times his box plus minus They've was seven last help. season. It's two this season. But it's not entirely his fault, David. He obviously the defense around him has has dramatically dipped. And so he's still getting like a steal and a half and two and a half blocks a game, just tremendous defensive numbers, defensive impact. He's still a great player. He still had a a good season. He just, he hasn't been able to put up the same monster numbers that he did last season. And when you combine that with the injuries and the and the uh, level of talent that he has around him, it's just weird not, a, team. not a great situation. Okay, just a weird team. It is a weird team. Although now it looks like Alvin Gentry has finally admitted that this season may be over for New Orleans, and he's starting Drew Holiday, started his first game, maybe not his first game of the season, but first game back in the starting rotation, uh, d- the last game against Sacramento, a game that they won. And so I think the Hornets have to pay attention to Drew Holiday, and Anthony Davis plays a lot better when Drew Holiday's on the floor. <laughs> Novel concept, a big man playing well when he has a distributor. So they have to watch that, and obviously Ryan Anderson off the bench. He, he'll he go up against Marvin, thankfully. In that last game, Frank was the first off the bench, and he, he got taught his first NBA lesson by Ryan Anderson. So you don't expect that to repeat itself.
0: Well, it's... A game the Hornets, I think we agree, they should win. I mean, that's another a home win that they need to get. And maybe the good part coming out of that close game against um I just like to see the Hornets,
1: I think, especially against this team. I mean, look, Anthony Davis is going to get what Anthony Davis gets, but I want to see them play four good quarters. Not four great quarters. They don't have to win this game by 30, but... You want to see them a get off to a good start, which I don't think that they did against Minnesota. Uh it was. It was I mean, it By the end of the first
0: quarter, though, they were up. What?
1: It just it wasn't an inspired so. start. No, Minnesota was up. You know, six three, eight three. I just I I I think you need, especially against a, a bad team. I just feel like it's not. You got to come out. They didn't. They didn't go to the paint enough. I thought they were shooting a lot. And and not and finally Kemba. The, the, really, to me, the first quarter run got started when Kimba started looking to get into the paint. Yeah, so you have to find a way to pull Anthony Davis out of the paint and and not go straight at him. But
0: you want to get off to a good start, especially at home. So and especially against a team you should beat, and then you want to keep them down. So, like I said, maybe that 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 little bit of struggle against the Timberwolves will. We'll bounce them back because there was a lot of comments after that game. You know, hey, we got to take one game at a time. A lot of good cliches came out of the post game. Got to take one game at a time. Focus on our next opponent. Stay locked in. Keep grinding. All heart.
1: Al Jefferson <laughs> fine with with coming off the bench.
0: Yeah, I mean, we should should we hit on that? I mean, we talked about it a little this morning, but maybe nothing left to say other than there's been a lot of talk about it. He seems fine with it, and 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 I don't know how that's going to translate into the off season, and we've talked enough about that i guess until the time comes but i mean that's been kind of the thing what's going to be the agreement on either side about his role moving forward and it looks like he's fine at least for now with coming off the bench and contributing that way
1: agreed and if you want to hear more about that check out the hive o'clock alarm the it's latest one it's there on itunes All right, we got to go to Nick Denning. He is uh, standing by on the High Talk Live hotline, and uh, it's it's a a little bit of a a newly titled segment, Nick. It's called "What's Happening Around the NBA" with Nick Denning. Nick, welcome.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: Good. So, uh, Nick, what's happening around the NBA?
2: Um, well, you know, not like nothing major in terms of headlines or whatnot, but a few interesting things of note. Um. So, you know, if you look at the Eastern Conference NBA standings, something obviously we're very interested in, um, there are a lot of teams that are currently winning right now. Actually, spots uh, four through eight, all every team in the in between spots four through eight are currently on winning streaks. Um, the Heat lead that with five, the Hornets are second with four. Um, obviously, this is important because, it, you know, Charlotte obviously needs to keep pace with all these teams and or stay ahead of some of these teams as well. Um, so it's good that they are obviously on their own win streak right now and, you know, keeping things, you know, obviously level with the other teams. Um, let's see. I don't know if you heard about Carmelo Anthony. He wants to be part of the Who? free agency talks to the New York Knicks. What do, you, what do you think about this? Do you think Carmelo would be a good option or a good person to talk with if you're trying to, you know, get someone to join the New York Knicks in the summer?
0: He wants to be in, like, on the side of the Knicks trying to lure people? No, he
1: wants to be on the <laughs> – Or he wants to be on yeah.
0: the – Okay. Sorry, he wants to be part of the yeah, team. You no, know, he
1: wants yeah. to be advocating those... Don't – don't come here. Don't do it. <laughs> Trust me.
0: I mean, what else does what other yeah, what other option does he have? I guess he I mean if you're I mean you have to I guess feel good about it.
1: I mean not I not if you've heard the Amari Stoudemire comments that he can't he can't deal with it depends on who you believe, I guess. Yeah. If you believe Amari Stoudemire that he can't deal with other people stealing some of that precious Madison Square spotlight.
0: Well maybe that's an effort to dispel some of this or to turn over a new leaf i don't know
1: well and and the 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 nightmare scenario is that it turns out like kobe helping the quote helping the lakers try to woo lamarcus <laughs> that didn't work
0: what do you think yeah. nick what do you what do you think on that
2: well you know the, the amari com- comments are interesting but i also wonder if maybe like just maybe He's changed the tune a little bit because I think honestly, I mean, he's probably looking at things right now and saying this is this is Chris Stapp, Przingis' team. I mean, like it will maybe not, you know. Wait a, really a minute. You think he's work. you
1: think he has ever uttered that even in his own mind, you think he's <laughs> ever said this is Christop's team? Because I don't. Not
2: not out loud, but I mean I'm sure he's thinking about it. No, not it even
1: in the saying, well, bathroom. Even I'm, the no, I not in low. Listen, no, listen, I'm not even in the bathroom. Certainly not the law Not law. in the shower. <laughs> but
2: I mean, you know but think about it, if, if he, like, if he wants to be part, saying he wants to be part of free agency, free, free agency talks, says, you know, like, it, it, it gets him to still be part of things. He still seems yep. relevant. You know, it's like, oh, they value my opinion type of thing. You know, it just could be a play. Maybe he realizes that this could quickly become Chris Stapp's team. He's got, to, he's got to find a way to keep things interesting. He does have friends in the NBA. I mean, like, you know, being with Team USA and everything, maybe... Maybe one of these guys, you know, maybe all he have to do is say, "Hey, look, man, we got this kid, you know, from Lat, from from Lithu- Lithuania, or is he, is he from Latvia? Well, uh-huh. from- yeah. go ahead. he's from he's from he's
1: from Latvia, yeah. but yeah, if you're Carmelo, you definitely don't want to say Lithuania. <laughs> That'd be a bad start.
2: <laughs> oh, right. So, um, anyways, I mean, maybe just maybe just sells Przingas you know, me and you, man, we can just we can ride this kid's, you know, up and coming stardom." I don't know who he's, who he's speaking
1: to exactly. Maybe Joe Johnson. I don't know, but Yikes. um,
2: <laughs> maybe Jeremy Lin. It,
0: it'll it'll be interesting. No. Could he, Lin, could, yeah, he could he patch that up? He he didn't he didn't he was not uh, enjoying Sanity from all accounts. Apparently, I mean that's kind of yeah. what Amari was hinting at. But I, I think Listen, you're right. They need
1: a point guard. Well, okay. yeah,
0: but no, Nick. I think you're exactly right. I mean, it's 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 to put on a good face. It's to say, hey, I'm here. I'm bought in. I'm not going to mess around with any more trade thoughts or i mean you heard some of the other comments he made this week right it was like i look around the league at other guys and i'm wondering like what am i doing here what's going on it's like this just hit him um but you know i mean
1: it's like listen buddy i'm not your therapist
0: the problem is yeah he's got a lot of friends unfortunately he they're all old friends (laughs) he needs some younger up-and-coming friends i mean i don't think he's gonna lure chris paul or lebron or uh, Dwayne Wade to New York. Although, that would be amazing if he did that.
1: D-Wade to New York? <laughs> no, that would not be amazing.
0: But that's what this has to be. So, you know, maybe he is turning over newly if there's no other choice at this point. So, who knows what's going to happen up there. It, I, you got to take it as a good thing if you're a Knicks fan, though, I guess. I mean, what else are you going to hang your hat on? Yeah. So.
2: Um, well, anyways, one more, one more interesting note. I'm sure you all saw the return of Baron Davis last week. Mm-hmm. You know, I did. The NBA D-League. I did. Right? A couple of interesting highlights. Um, anyways, Baron, um his first game back playing uh, with the Delaware 80s, oh man. 87ers. 87ers. I only know that because 87ers? that is my birth year. <laughs> wow. Oh my anyway, God. Guys, he finished eight 8 points on 3 of 11 shooting. Four mm. 3 steals. Be diddy. And 5 fouls. Well. Yeah.
1: Make them count. 90s. Hey, listen. Yeah, you got to yeah, use them or lose them. Isn't that the saying
0: it is a saying
1: <laughs> oh okay
2: ultimate uh, do no. you no. think he actually could make it back in the NBA this
1: season but it is it's fun it's fun to think about I think that uh, well you never. you never know I mean a playoff team that needs a little something extra
0: hey the Knicks need a point guard you just said it <laughs> Mella, pick up that phone
1: that's right. Start campaigning. Be Diddy. Back on the Knicks. All right, let's get to our NBA topic here with uh, Nick Denning. Uh, this week, our NBA topic involves who else? Why not? Steph Curry. He responded to the Warriors' embarrassing defeat to the Lakers by dropping 41 points, 13 boards, and 7 three-pointers on the poor, unfortunate magic. One of those three-pointers was his uh, 300th. Tonight! Tonight! We died in hell. And his 301st three, an NBA record for most threes. You like that, David? All right. Steph was angry. An NBA record for most threes in a season that he is extending every single game. In fact, he owns four of the top six single season three point records. That's amazing, including the top three. Uh, Well, so the question is uh, how are we going to talk about. Steph Curry to our current children, in the case of one Mr. Walker, Mm -hmm. or future children, in our case, uh, will we be describing him as an anomaly, a shooting star across the record books, a representative of an era of NBA basketball, dead and gone? Or will we sit in our rocking chairs and yell at our children about, or yell at our children who are bored with dancing 30-foot jump shots, about how Steph ushered in this long-lasting new feature of the game, what I'm asking Nick is this: Will we remember Steph Curry like we remember Big O, Oscar Robertson, or Dr. J?
2: Man, I mean, I've looked at this question like a number of times, and, I, and it's really hard. It's really hard to say because I mean, I just think we're too early in this. As, as I mean, obviously people are taking notice, and you see, like you know, but I, I don't think you see too many. I don't know. You see some players emulating currently. But it's just so hard to tell whether or not the, you know, just the the 30, not a 30, there are some 30 footers. I mean, just the amount of just, he just, he just lets it fly. He just launches it from the three point line at any moment. And it's just, just to think like, are we just going to see just a number of players doing this at, you know, not necessarily Curry's level of, you know, you know, percentages he's putting them up, but at least at some comparable numbers, maybe, you know, say like, you know, Arm Williams, it's 39 percent of his three pointers this year. Could we see some players like you know hitting 39 percent of their three pointers, just launching it from all over the court? I don't I don't know yet.
1: So David Big O obviously remembered for having the triple double season in 1961 62. That was only his second year in the association playing for the Cincinnati Royals. But we we also I, I think a, a mass number of fans remember Oscar Robertson triple double season. And then if you, if you look into it a little deeper, if you're a stat head, you go, wait a minute, the 60s, the pace was off the charts. There were only nine teams in the NBA. Uh, they were going up and down the court, firing shots as fast as they possibly could. And so the numbers are a little bit inflated. That's why we do pace-adjusted numbers now. And then you have Dr. J, who is a guy that stylistically – is credited with with changing the game to uh, make it above the rim and, and making the or popularizing the dunk. Mm-hmm. So that's why I frame it in the Big O versus Dr. J. Is this a guy who is Steph Curry? Are we going to remember him for just having an amazing run, but in an era where the NBA was uh, just wild about the three pointer, or is he is he fundamentally? Changing the game ahead of his time. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think Nick's right in that you're not gonna be able to replicate some of the shots that he makes. Why? Because they're impossible. I mean <laughs> not from a length I mean, not from a length or distance standpoint. Okay but like Nick says, some of these that he's just literally throwing up and not looking at the basket. I mean, if he continues to do that for the next ten years, I just don't think you're gonna be able to see people come in and do that. On a consistent basis, you,
1: you make a great point, David. Because it's not just the length; it's about it's, it's not always length, right? It's about um, uh, the the motion in his shot. <laughs> Don't show me your hands. Put your hands down. No problem here. No <laughs> huge. No, but it's it's the way he does it off the dribble, and actually, Barkley, who is uh, uh, notorious for crapping on the Golden State Warriors, did take a second when he wasn't doing that, when he wasn't predicting that the Warriors were going to lose the NBA championship. I, I can't believe that. When he wasn't doing that, he did say that Steph Curry is the best shooter he's ever seen mm-hmm. off the dribble, and and that's part of I think what makes it amazing. But I. Okay, I found this quote. I want to to share this quote with you guys in in doing my search, my research. In a feature for ESPN.com, Pat Williams, the general manager who brought Dr. J to Philadelphia, said this about Dr. J. You'd have to use words like electrifying, revolutionary. There's never been anyone quite like him, including MJ. If Julius was in his prime now, And and I believe this was for Sports Century. so this was probably years ago that he's saying this. But if Julius was in his prime now, in this era of intense electronic media, (laughs) I love that, he would be beyond comprehension. He would blow everybody away. That sounds like Steph Curry, and Steph Curry is in this era of, as Pat Williams called it, intense electronic media. If Dr. J were in the era of Vine, if Dr. J were in the era of, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and and all of these things that make the NBA accessible everywhere and anywhere at any time, Julius would be lighting it up. I don't know if you can say that as great as Oscar Robertson was. I just don't think we we're not as excited by Russell Westbrook's, you know, near triple double every night as we are with Steph Curry's dancing and dueling and shooting as he's falling out of bounds and some of the incredible things. And I think it comes down to style.
0: Well, think about the guy that I brought up, and I certainly didn't come up with this, but Pistol Pete is the guy that comes to mind when you think about stories yeah. that you hear mm-hmm. about just just things that are, are literally unbelievable that you've never seen before, stuff going on with the ball um, that – other people just can't do and don't do on the, with a success rate that he does. And that's where I think Steph and it fits into that category. It's like, you've never seen this stuff before. I mean, this now we get to record this stuff and watch it forever, uh, which makes a difference between he and, and Pistol Pete, obviously, but that's the guy that kind of comes up when you think about a comparison. I mean, it's not a fair comparison, but, um, yeah, you know, think about Pistol P was playing today, it would be it would be similar. It'd be kinda like, you know, like when Jason Williams was coming up, like some of the flashy stuff, totally different, but some of the flashy stuff he was doing with the ball handling and the passing was kinda on that level as well. Um I just don't know. I mean, the other thing we do have to remember, I mean, this is kind of a small sample size of this level of greatness from Steph. So so, I mean, certainly, we hope he's got a lengthy career ahead of him. But
1: what we're really asking, when we ask this about Steph, whether he is going to be remembered as as sort of a more of a a Big O type for that one, you know, great moment, or or several great moments, or if he's going to remember, be remembered like Dr. J for completely revolutionizing the game. We're really asking, will the game change as a result of what Steph Curry is doing? Will more and more players come into the NBA equipped? with a 26 to 28 footer will the the three point line be moved back and i tend to think nick that it will be because it's like we didn't see the nba change to a triple double league for a variety of reasons uh the game slowed down players got bigger there were just a, there were a lot of issues that but i think one thing is that players don't necessarily I think a mass majority of players don't necessarily pay attention to individual statistics and try for a, a triple double. I don't know if that's that's not. But I think here's, a a, here's the thing: so
0: that thirty-five uh, foot shot is never going to be a good shot by ninety-nine out of a hundred people. Look, no, here, here's Steph the thing: I think you're wrong about person. that because
1: I think that human beings. This is the, the the end of the point that I was trying to make: is that human beings don't necessarily try to set statistical records, but they do like to extend the boundaries of what people can do sure physically and, and I think that's where the the length of the shot I think will continue to go back and back and, and certainly there's a there's a rubber band there at some point the yeah. band breaks but I don't think we're there yet I no. think I think you could very well see players with a focus on a 28 footer hit that consistently Nick I don't know if you agree with that or not
2: no, no, I, I agree with it. And, and you, I mean, and think about what Steph like represents. He's not a he's not a you know a once in a, a lifetime athlete. Because I mean, he is. If if you go, I mean, go back and read about him just coming out of high, you know, coming out of high school. He couldn't get the offers. We've heard about this stuff. You know, Virginia Tech didn't offer him. they're notorious for not offering. But you know, I've talked to I've talked to coaches who were like who were coaching when he like when he was on the like when he was on the you know the recruiting trail or whatnot. No one was really that impressed with him. Right. And. But he's he's transformed his game, you know. Despite maybe his you know physical not necessarily limitations, but compared to other players, he's not as athletic as say Russell Westbrook. But he's managed to develop this such a deadly three point shot. And you think about a lot of these up and coming players who maybe don't possess all of that athletic ability, but say, hey, I can become if I can become just a deadly three point shooter or outside shooter like Steph. You know, I can leave. I can have a market here. I can have a place. You know, in basketball. So, yeah, I think for those for that reason you could see, you could start to see a lot of players start to emulate it. Think about internationally too you know maybe you see a lot of these international players maybe aren't as physically gifted either, but you know are fundamentally sound you know they're they like to face up the basket whether they're small or big. You could see a lot more of these big you know international players um starting to emulate more of a you know outside shooting threat similar to Steph as well.
1: Now, uh, we'll leave it there. That was a, a great conversation, and I look forward to. Continuing this all NBA talk, I like a little bit of this sprinkled in with our Hornets discussion. It, it makes for a a richer, a fuller, richer experience. Uh, thanks, Nick. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. I, I just want to I just want to make one quick shout out. You know, yes, UNCW, my Seahawks. What? They made the tournament. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm beyond ecstatic. You know, having having been through some low years when I was in the school there to see them see them in the tournament, it's just I just had to give them a shout out. Congratulations Thanks, to right
1: UNCW. On. Who's the main star for that team? Anyone that uh is going to be making waves in the yeah NBA. Um, I
2: I'm, uh, on the spot here and I'm um I'm blanking on his name and this is terrible.
0: Your bandwagon. Um, You're a bandwagon I'm a
2: bandwagon. I'm bandwagon. No, but let me tell you this he's a he's a he's a he was a he was playing in Division Two Barton last year. He's a walk-on. He was a walk-on at the start of the season. He leads the team in points. You're going to hear about him because it's like, how in the heck did this guy, you know, emerge as he did? Um, I'm still blanking on his name. I feel terrible. I feel awful that I cannot think of his name. It's but, okay, Nick. It's you know, a, this is good. If, uh, tweet, tweet, is,
1: tweet us, tweet uh, us, tweet us on Hive Talk Live. Tweet us the name of this player that Nick is trying to to think yeah, of. Yeah, I'll,
2: I'll do it. I'll do it right now. Help Nick out. Can just you can save me.
1: All right. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys, thanks, Nick. Nick's great. Love, Nick.
0: I think it's an interesting conversation and one that is going on obviously right now because Steph is doing things we've never seen. We 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 may never see before. I just think it's there's a lot of um uniqueness and specialty to his game on top of the tremendous work he puts in. That should not be forgotten. One last thing on Steph though. Do it. Steph and Clay Thompson enough. today, Clay Thompson on The Vertical Podcast. I haven't listened to it yet. Spoil it for me. Mentioned the potential rubber match three-point contest in Charlotte next year. Oh, my God.
1: 2017 Charlotte. I want to see it. I want to see uh, Zach and Aaron do it one more time in the dunk contest, too. Encore. 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 Ah. Okay, that'll do it for us, Hornets fans. Thanks so much uh, to Nick for joining us for What's Happening Around the NBA. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live for live game updates and more. Go to atthehive.com for all the latest news and analysis. For David and producer Katie, I'm Doug saying stay bought in, stay believing, all hail the teal and purple.